Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Buck Pusters Podcast. I'm joined by all my people here. Hi, <laughs> So before we get into the, uh, whatever the hell you want to call this. <laughs> uh, we, we do have some big news coming out of the, the BPS. Um, this will be our last season in our current studios. And I know we are all excited. We're looking forward to a new season, a new studio, starting whenever we It'll do. Be the the official Buckbuster Studio. Yeah, so we're coming season three. I, I know these other three gentlemen are yeah. excited, but I know I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if they they could beat me. I'm sorry, but like I, I know we're all fucking excited to actually be setting settling into our new studio here. An actual. Studio, not my living room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. I, as much as we we've loved our our studio for the these first two seasons, you know, we officially we'll, we'll, we'll have we'll officially we'll have, have a home. An official set in stone <clears throat> we'll, place for recording. We'll be home. We've had what four different ones at this point. Yeah, but we'll yeah, have I, a, you know have an official set in stone one. It'll be nice yeah, knowing exactly well, where we're going every week, exactly where we're going to be sitting. Yeah, we'll we'll go home, guys. So it'll it'll be nice to to. Uh, to go home, yeah. To yeah. the studio, it's so to call it home. <laughs> to to call our our home, the BPS Studios, Buckbuster Studio. Home sweet home. Thank you. You called on while I was humming. No copyright intended. No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, enough about us glorifying our our new home, our new future home. Let's hop right into this week's episode. Starting off with the minor leagues, Jeffy, take away, buddy. Kind of starting it out with the London Knights. Um, Co- Cody Morgan um, played his just this week in his 250th career game. And That's it, a lot for the NHL. Yeah. Yeah. Anything above 200 is going to be a lot for NHL. We're, we're, uh, not NHL. OHL. OHL, yeah. The OHL, regardless of, you know, how good the franchise is or how shitty the franchise is, a.k.a. London. So, this London. is going to sound like a dumb question. Is there a max amount of games you can play in the OHL? Well, obviously, if you age out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once yeah. you hit the overage. It's what, 9? 21. 21. Oh, that was 19. Okay. This year's the only exception they're mm. allowing it. Yeah. Because of COVID, but, you know, yeah. COVID's COVID. Yeah, being minors, I thought it was 19 because, you know, I thought it was 20. It was 20. It was, 20. Okay. it was 21, but it, starting next year, it'll probably go back down to 20. Okay. Oh, they're, so they're going to be allowing yeah. one player over the age of 20 start, like, I, I think the cutoff's, like, June 1st of said year. Okay. Now, obviously, it'll change every year, yeah. but, like, yeah. this year's the only exception, like Jeffy said, because, of, you know, the COVID lockout last year, yeah. you can only have some days, so. Yep. Um, with the Saginaw Spirit, Nick Wong, um, on April 2nd, he um, played his 250th OHL game as well. Are you sure the numbers aren't Wong? <laughs> why, why did I not see that coming? <laughs> like, I mean, it's a Wong. You never see it coming. <laughs> I mean, you're not right, so yeah, I guess you're Wong. Two Wongs don't make a right. <laughs> Two Wongs do make a white, right? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hey, we're more than a minute in. We're fine. <laughs> more puns than we have minutes so far in this one. That's not a great. <laughs> um, oh my 
God. And you are welcome. I'm going to be here all night. Yeah, we know. Unfortunately. Um, okay, see you guys later. Bye. I'm taking, taking the equipment with me. Bye. Um, Shut the fuck up. From the North Day Battalion, um, Dalvin um, Wawelski, um, with his 15th goal, are by the most battalion rookie since um, the relocation um, to North Bay in 2013-2014. Take your time, Jeffy. Don't worry. The 17-year-old draft eligible forward has 28 points in 61 games. Wow. And then the... Hamilton, um, not Hamilton, the Kingston Frontnets, um, Jim Gil- Gilhurst, um, the play-by-play broadcaster, um, <laughs> broadcast his 2,900 2, game call this weekend. And then, um, with the Hamilton Bulldogs win on April 1st against the Erie Otters, um, they have passed they're the 1975-76 Hamilton um, Finn Cups and the 17-18 the Bulldogs for the most wins in OHL seasons with 44 wins. And then with their win as well, um, they officially clinched the East Division Championship, the Lindenian Trophy, 45-12-13-2 with 95 points so far of the season. Wow. But they have been, you know, pretty much dominant in not not only their their They're, conference, not the division or the conference, but in the entire league. So, they, and you have to, they have a lot like their goaltender Mason and their forwards like Mason McTavish and, uh, <clears throat> which they play like got to admit, as they played really well Friday against the Otters, like yeah, we'll sh- get, shutting we'll, them. Out. We'll get to the sport. We'll get to this shortly about uh, something that happened this this past weekend, um, but we. We found out they have what six forwards that six yeah, forwards so, two defensemen that are currently signed to NHL teams yep. right now. So yeah, the uh, Kyle Jeff one, myself one of them and, being Mason McTavish. Yeah, Kyle Jeff uh, myself and another one of our friends ended up talking to Brendan Hoffman, who's a forward for the Erie Otters. You know they have six forwards and four defensemen on their active roster that are currently signed to an or an NHL AHL franchise contract, which, which is amazing. So Good I mean. <clears throat> You know they're 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 a tough team. So I mean they they played hard. Like like like, like regardless of you know night in night out who who they play whether they're bottom of the league team as an Erie or top of the team in the league as a uh, team as in yeah, you know as Flint. We, I mean they we Erie. I mean we we were just, so we were talking to Brendan Huffman and even he said he goes I'm not disappointed with our performance. He said with how good of a team they are they they played their asses off. The Otters did the best that they could. Hanging you know, there, and, and they did the, everything. And they they didn't give the they gave the single what early second, first one was what first shot of the game went in, and they didn't give up another one until like first shot of the second or midway through the second. Midway through the second, and then obviously <coughs> that third goal being empty net or like, they're they're a hell of a team, and obviously they they have the players the, the stats to prove it. Like mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. It's, like going because obviously they, right now the Otters are looking for their fight the for their a playoff spot right now. They, yeah. I, as going of, into this weekend, Hamilton was going to be the toughest matchup of the yeah. Of the at, weekend. As of the moment of recording, the uh, the Otters are obviously in that final playoff spot in the West for the yeah. OHL. And we'll be playing what Hamilton? Mm-hmm. No, not Hamilton. Um, we play Sart. Well, Sart. Sart. What would we play if the playoffs were to start right now? Monday. Uh, 
Is it London? No, London's number no, I'm sorry. Fent. Fent is the number one in the West right now. Number Ooh. two will be number one in the West. <clears throat> so if the playoffs were to start today, Erie would be in, be playing Fent with Fent having all this advantage. Oof. So as rough as that might be, and as much as uh, I do, hate, they do it the same as the NHL. Is it two two and then one one yep. one for uh, it, games? Be, like uh, yeah, two, yeah, two, two, one, one. Yeah. Uh, two, two, one, one, one. If, if needed, yeah. If, if needed, needed, yeah. But either way, that's that's gonna be a tough matchup. But you know, we, there's still plenty of hockey to play here at the OHL level. There's yeah. still plenty of hockey to play yep. here at the Erie level. Yeah, absolutely. There, I, oh, not plenty, but there's I, I think eight games left here in Erie. Well, I'm five. sorry, five, five and six altogether. Because six, go, yeah, they they go to uh, Erie goes to Flint once next Saturday. Next Saturday, and then. The, you know, the rest of the games are here in Erie, Pennsylvania, with the last game being on, on Easter Sunday against who else but the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And the last bit of minor league news in the QMJHL. Um, Eve Gascon becomes the first woman to win a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League game in 22 years on Friday. The only other woman to win again was goalie Charlene Labani who played for the Akita Bathurst Titan in 2000. Hey, no her. one saves that Gaston. No <laughs> one blocks like that oh Gaston. My God. <laughs> as soon as I heard the name I was like yeah, yeah I'm, I'm gonna do it. <laughs> yeah the 18 year old goalie made 23 saves to lead the Nagatio Olympicus um, to a 7-3 victory against the Jumaville Volibers. A name, yeah. I like that. A name. And then the victory comes just two weeks after Gascon be- became the third female to play in the QMJAHL on March 19. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah, congrats to her. That's huge. All right. Now it's time to move, bump into the NHL with some depressing news. Ottawa Senators owner Eugene Melnick died, uh, passed away from an illness at the age of 62. Obviously, he is he received a liver transplant transplant back in 2015, uh, and he's been the owner of the Senators since 2003. Obviously, he's been to the Cup Finals once in his uh, in his tenure back in 07 when he's lost to Anaheim. So That's it's. Yeah, it's 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 tough, you know. Regardless of whether you're a fan of Ottawa, or you yeah, fucking hate them. That's still myself sad. included. Mm-hmm. I know I don't. I'm not a big fan of Ottawa, but yeah. like, that, that's tough for anybody in the hockey world to Honest, to, re- to receive a loss. I think last last big loss mm-hmm. was Ed Snyder mm-hmm. at the Flyers. Yeah. So. I mean, honestly, I would love to see Ottawa even have a winning season next year, even make playoffs, just to honor. You know, how great e- e- of a... E- even, to, even to try and push up the playoffs. Exactly. Considering they haven't made the playoffs since 2017, right? Yeah. 2017. Yeah, push for the playoffs in his that, name. And that's kind of... Like, on their sleeves, do a fight for Eugene, you know? <laughs> on their Or on their shoulders, they can do... Or circling their logo, you know, fight for Eugene, you know? Kind of with... Unfortunately, with this all happening, like with possibly new management and ownership venture that'll come in with the Senators like can because I obviously know the Senators are, have talks of like with their finances with their with, with their arena and are, could they um possibly try to re- move closer to the city because I know there's been talks of me I'm trying to 
locate them closer to the city because they're 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 like a half an hour outside of the capital of Canada and Ottawa. So okay. maybe we get a new arena, but like not in not in the near future. Not a new franchise, yeah. No, not not in the near future of because because their their NHL arena is kind of kind of young. So yeah. I mean, I I, I want to say. 15, 10 years from now, I can see it. 15, 15 to 20. Yeah. Because right now, uh, Ottawa is currently, uh, I think, 37 points out of a playoff spot with, uh, I'm sorry, I'm trying to do the math here, so, I'm, I'm sorry, not not even 30 points outside of a playoff spot, which is helped by the uh, Washington Capitals. They're obviously not going to make it this year, but I, I know next year, they're, they're definitely going to try like hell to uh, mm-hmm. try yeah. and push for that last playoff spot. Oh, yeah. Or at least get above 500. Because right now the record is 25, 37, and 6. They are second to last year in the Eastern Conference. So. Wow. With only <coughs> Montreal behind them. Wow. Um, on to better news. Josh Norris gets first NHL hat trick as Senators defeat the Red Wings. Sorry, Ethan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Sens beat the Red Wings at Canadian Tire Center on Sunday. Uh, final score of the game was 5-2 to two, Ottawa, thanks to the hat trick. And that's, you know, as much, I don't want to say I hate Ottawa, but I don't follow them. But I don't mind <clears throat> Josh Norris. I really don't. I've never had a problem with him. Neither no, have he's I. He's young. Yeah. He's one of those that's not super cocky for being no, young. Uh-uh. He almost reminds me... Of, oh, his name just slipped me. Um, kind of like a Jake and Bake of Pittsburgh. One of those players who are always there, always, you know, he's always looking for a place to play the puck. He's always trying to get open. If he scores, he hugs his guys. And he's like, yeah, fuck it, a goal's a goal. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a fair, I'm going to say a fair comparison. You know, he's <laughs> not, he's, as, as much as we love Pittsburgh. He's kind like, of. Underlooked, yes, on Ottawa, yes. Kind of like Jay Kenton's one, I think, one of the most underlooked players yeah. in the league. And he's not like I know we love our Penguins, but he's not like a Crosby or an Ovi, where they score a goal and they're like, "Holy fuck, I did something!" <laughs> huh? I pass puck to Sid. I shoot and score. <laughs> like we well, love him, Malkin, but a goal's a goal. You light the lamp once, at least once a week. Um. <laughs> uh, Another piece of news, the Panthers officially become the first team in the NHL to clinch a playoff berth with their win today against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Jonathan Huberto's second period goal, the franchise record for points in his season with 97, and Spencer Knight made 26 stops in the excuse me, 5-3 win. Uh, some kind of sad news coming out of Philly. Keith Yandel, NHL consecutive game record, play streaks at 989. He was 11 games from 1,000 games. Um, he was put as a healthy scratch in a 6-3 loss to the Leafs on Saturday. Oh. A healthy scratch with 11 games. I would be like, put me in, coach. And looking at looking at the, uh, the same article out of Adam Kimmelman on uh, the NHL app. Uh, his last time he missed a regular season game was March 22, 2009. When he was a member of the Phoenix Coyotes. Oh, my God. Before they switched over to Arizona. Now is what, 2015 when they switched over? Or changed uh, their name? 20, 
2014, 2015 when they switched their name? I think 14, because that's just when I was getting into hockey, and I didn't know who Phoenix Coyotes Yeah, were. so that's, that's that's crazy. I mean, the next closest is Phil the Thrill, and he'll probably, he might, I think he's supposed to pass him by the end of the season, assuming he uh, sees how many games plays every game. Phil the Thrill at? Um, uh, time for Google. I'm not 100% sure. Phil Kessel games, put 968. 968 in a row? Yeah, Arizona forwards, Phil Kessel will now have the longest active Ironman streak at 968 consecutive games played, the second longest in NHL history. Right, Patton Yandel, who, so he so, won't break it, if he stays healthy, he won't break it this season. Next very, season. Very early next, next season. season. Within so the first, like, two, three weeks of next that's season. That's what, 32 games, right? 32 shy of 32 shy, yet. okay, so he just... He's only 20, he might break... No, I don't think he'll break it by the end of the season. No, it's going to be it'll early. Be very next. early, like, first, within the first 10 games of next season. Yeah. Um, Dylan Strom, um, he got, of the Chicago Blackhawks, he got his 100th career assist. Good for Stromer. I love Stromer. Me, me too. Former Otter, baby. Gotta represent. It was kind of, it was kind of nice last night with the anniversary, um, night at the Otters. It was, obviously he, um, did a recording to, it was kind of nice hearing from Stromer last, like a message from him. It was kind of pretty cool. Yeah, how, yeah. Also, uh, Corey Schneider gets his first NHL win since 2020 for the Islanders against the Devils. He made 27 saves in the same game where uh, JGP had a hat trick and a 4-3 to win against the Devils. Uh, Corey Schneider made 27 saves in his first NHL start in two seasons for the New York Islanders in a 4-3 to win at the Prudential Center this afternoon. The 36-year-old goaltender last played an NHL game as a member of the Devils on March 6th, 2020, a 4-2 win against the St. Louis Blues. So that's that's awesome. That's coming out of Mike Morale of the NHL that's Insider awesome. app. I have a little bit of a touching story. Willie O'Ree ended the busy Saturday by getting his first person look at the banner, retired Boston Bruin at TD Garden. That's pretty cool. That's as, awesome, the, yeah. as the first uh, black as NHL the first player. African NHL player. Just to be there, if like if I were a black and gold but for Boston, if I were at that game, oh my god, I'd get shivers. You know, goosebumps wouldn't even fucking come close. So uh, another thing, um, there's an uh, another uh, so uh, Sidney Crosby has officially reached second place for most seasons point per game at seventeen. He currently ties Gordy Howe at 17 seasons in the NHL with at least a point per game. Wow. The only person he has to beat is the great one, Wayne Gretzky, at 19. So, assuming he stays healthy and assuming he's able to stay at the pace that he's at, Crosby would definitely tie, if not beat, Wayne Gretzky. That's awesome. If you're going to go for if you're going to go, like, Ovi, if you're going to go... You know, for it. just go for it. You can even score that one. Within the next couple of seasons, we'll see Cro- yeah. Crosby will break his streak of most consecutive seasons point per game, and then shortly after, we'll probably see Ovechkin break yeah. his goal record. Like, the well, minute- I, I, I feel like Ovi will beat his point record faster than I'll see Sidney Crosby break yeah. point per game record. Yeah, because yeah. like- Cros- Crosby, given another three seasons, he'll be able to do it. Ovi, given another season, season and a half at this point. Yeah. Like Crosby, if I were him, the minute I score that goal above Wayne Gretzky, 
knowing that you beat him, I'm like, fuck it, my last season. I don't mean to, you know. You mean Ovi, right? No, Crosby, when he scores that last point per game. If he gets there. I'm saying, like, if he's tied, say, for example, he's tied going into Washington points per game. And he scores, like, two points that game and ending the season, like, two points above Gretzky. It's at that point... I'm You've not. Done. I'm not picking up what you're putting down. I'm sorry. No. I, don't, I don't know what it is, but like, <laughs> never mind. But yeah, Marcus or sorry, Nick Felino was honored this afternoon's game between the Boston Bruins and Columbus Blue Jackets for finally reaching 1,000 career games. Nick uh, Felino. His his thousand game came on back on the 15th of March, uh, and it, it, with a pregame ceremony in Boston. Uh, he played 400. He plays 599 of his. 1,006 games with the Columbus Blue Jackets and has played, obviously, the rest as a member of the uh, Boston Bruins. And then another um, one we got to mention is um, Jonathan Taze. He also played his 1,000th career game as well. Did he earlier this week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And with the uh, 2-1 win against the Calgary Flames, that Colorado Avalanche is the first... Uh, is the ninth club in the past 45 years to reach the 100-point mark in 67 games or fewer. Obviously, right now, they are sitting at, as I try and look that up here, obviously, right now, they're at 69 games played. <laughs> nice. With 104 points. I mean, at 67 games. I mean, congrats to them. Obviously, they have a, they have a, hell, of a, a hell of a franchise, so... Mm-hmm. And uh, some, something new came here. I, I, I know Kyle said this earlier, and I know I remember back last season when Bobo brought up their two Smash Nahus, and we were like, no way. There's no way. Like, we all came in shock. Like, the, the, the other four of us, they were here in the studio. We're like, there's no way there's two Smash Nahus. Well, both of them scored at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Same exact time. Both the first goals, and they're both respective games. Wow. <laughs> I said this, I'm like, I'm fucking done. Like, yep. they, like you cannot tell these two apart at this yeah, point. Yep. So, I kind of have some funny news. Sebastian Ajo? Which one? So Yes. Sebastian Ajo scored. Which one? Yes. I, I, so, there was a little April Fool's prank that was played. I don't know if you guys saw this. Avalanche trade Bernie to Blue Jackets for Stinger. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> April yeah. Fools! And it says, talk about a blockbuster mascot trade nobody saw coming. This is from NHL.com. The Colorado Avalanche traded mascot Bernie to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for the mascot Stinger on Friday. Bernie, a St. Bernard, spent 13 seasons with the Avs in his NHL debut on October 3rd of 09. Stinger, a bright green bug, has been with the Jackets since their inaugural season in 2000. And they're going through Twitter saying, thank you for all the memories, thank you for this, thank you for that, and I just find it freaking hilarious. It's funny, yeah. You know, something kind of funny here, to back up our one of our favorite players of all time, Marc-Andre Fleury, in three starts as Minnesota Wild goaltender, he has three wins. So that fucking proves that he was not the problem in Chicago. No, People are no. trying to say that, oh, he's just not himself. He's not playing like himself because he's not good anymore. Let's, no. yeah, let's fucking see that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that fucking well, okay. proves that he wasn't the okay. problem. What have I been saying all fucking season with Flurry? It's the defense in front of That's him. We, yeah, yeah. We, we've agreed We've all been too. saying it. Defense wins games. Any sport you play. It can be fucking volleyball. It can be curling. If you play a good defensive game and curling. You could pull it off. 
<laughs> defense wins games. Yeah. Best defense is the best offense. You know, like, exactly. I talk about it a lot when I wrestled. You know, the best defensive way to what best way to win wrestling was to play defensive. It was like if you saw something that you could predict, kind of like hockey. If you think he's gonna predict a shot, throw your body out there. You might block your shot. Yeah, you might break a river, dude. But fuck it, you prefer to go. See, already what we've seen with Flurry, and since he got traded, like he looks like back when he was with Vegas again. Like he looks happy. He looks like he's himself again. You know, he's not. He's not. He's no longer unconfident in the net. He's he's back to being confident in the net. He's comfortable with himself. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we, we can actually trust be, like, Flurry being Flurry in the pipes. They let him do his thing, just you know, protect him. Okay. Him. What we said last week Flurry and Talbot? Or Talbot, however you say his last name. Talbot. Talbot. I'd say that I would consider them currently the best one two punch yeah. oh, right fuck now. yeah. Without and question. They, oh, hell yeah. They're, oh, they are unstoppable right now. You never know. Talbot's it could be doing good now with Flurry there. He's doing Vegas good. and Minnesota Stanley Cup. Well, that's not possible. I know. They got to meet. I they know. would have to meet. Conference him. finals. I know. That's I what know, I bet. Even if Vegas even ends up making it. Well, as of right now, Vegas actually won an OT. So I mean, it depends how what that. Oh, regardless, it, they're they're not in the playoffs as of yet because like Dallas, the Dallas Stars is still in their playoff spot. Win or lose, they're yeah. still in the playoff spot. No, I believe with the win, Vegas just took ahead. But if, if, it, if Dallas if, pulls it off against Seattle, well, it will da- jump right back ahead. Well, Dallas just needs to force. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. Dallas just needs to force OT in order because to Because they, they had the mm-hmm. one-point lead, so now technically Vegas has the one-point lead. But yeah. if, 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 that, if, if Dallas can force an overtime, yeah, then yeah. they get the extra point. So. And then Dallas would get the tiebreaker, considering they have you know, three, three, games. three games in hand mm-hmm. compared to the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. All right. Gentlemen, let's move on to the injuries. Kyle, take it away, buddy. Alrighty, coming out of Anaheim, Ryan Getzlaff and Troy Terry are both in day-to-day status. Uh, no injury reason given for Getzlaff, but Troy Terry has an undisclosed injury. Um, he but he did log in two assists before leaving with an injury after Friday's five to nothing win over the Coyotes. I'm pretty sure um, Getzlaff was a lower body because I remember because I had him in a fantasy this week and he was out. Okay. With a lower body. Well, we got a whole bunch coming out of Arizona here. Uh, Lawson Cruz is currently out with a hand injury and will not play for the rest of the season. Um, Jacob Churchward is out with an ankle injury and may not return this season. Um, we all saw Clayton Keller's injury, which uh-huh. I don't. Th- I think we did forget to mention that one. That was. Oh. Well, that that came after last week's recording. But uh, one thing I know I'd mentioned to both Jeff and Sam. After that game when uh, Clayton Keller got injured, Phil Kessel, instead of going to the locker room, he went straight to the medical area and and checked on Clayton. Yeah. So, not not only, you know, a, a big leadership thing out of uh, Kessel, but, you know, a, a big personal thing out of Kessel, knowing, like, like hey, like, on, on rough days, I don't, I don't give a fuck whether we're teammates or not. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to come in and check on you and see how, yeah. see how it's, you are. It's, that, like, it's like what these guys do when I go surgery. You know, I have to get a third surgery with my fucking foot. The minute I walked into the studio, they were like, hey, Bubba, we heard you're getting surgery. You ready? You need anything, this or that? And it's kind of like, all right, I appreciate it. And, and, as much as we're fucking douchebags to each other, yeah. we're all here, here for and, each other. And, and and then, we, and, make that show, like, if anybody else makes fun of Bubba, we're jumping there. I was like, yeah. we're the only ones just that are allowed to make fun of Bubba. Who the fuck is making fun of you right now? <laughs> we're the only oh, ones that are allowed to make fun of each a, other. That's yeah. all of us in our entire yeah, like, like, 
we're that we'll do the same thing for Colin, we'll do the same thing for Jeffy. I'm you sure you guys will do the same thing for me. No, Maybe fuck myself. you guys. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, that oh. injury like That's crazy. I, I think that's why Pittsburgh misses Fat Boy Phil. Is Fat Boy Phil, I guess you could consider one of the father figures of Pittsburgh. He was always there for the other teammates, making sure everybody was okay, not looking out he, for himself. He doesn't, he's not only a father figure, he is a dad bod. Dude, if you catch my The grip. minute you had that shitty grin, I knew you were going to say something. <laughs> but yeah, that, like, that's like, as I, it's like one of the first times in a while that I have actually like flat yeah, out yeah. cringe and like, ugh, when yeah. I like saw an I injury swear, happen. I, I think the day after I, like, the, the injury happened, I showed Sam the video and she like hardcore so, crunching. She had to stop eating for that. And that says something because you know yeah. when Sam and I stop eating <laughs> in that moment, yeah. you know well, it's, it's bad. He was the one about slipping to the board, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. Best of, best of luck and prayers go out glad to Clayton Absolutely. Keller, man. That's Absolutely. Not, not going to be needed. They said, what, four to six months. So like, or six to eight months. Six to eight, so he, yeah. he might not even be back and ready for next season, the beginning and, of next season. As much as yeah. I hate playing against Arizona as a Penguins fan, like, that's, yeah, that's, that's pretty worthy. It's, it's a, a huge, huge loss. Huge it loss is. there. It is. Um, rounding off the rest of the Arizona injuries, uh, Jacob Churchin is out with an angle injury and may, may not return this season. Me. Uh, Christian Fisher is out with a lower body injury and is still considered a couple weeks away, so he could miss the rest of the season as well. Coming out of Calgary, Brett Ritchie is in day-to-day status. He suffered in an apparent leg injury in Saturday's game versus the Blues. Uh, coming out of Colorado, both Nazem Kadri and Samuel Gerard are both out. Uh, Kadri with an upper body injury and is set to miss time, but he's expected to re- at least return for the start of the playoffs. And uh, Samuel Gerard with a lower body injury missed Saturday's matchup against Pittsburgh. Those are still huge losses for Colorado. Yeah. Well, Cadre specifically. Top top two defensemen, yeah. and then their top three forwards. Yeah. I mean, as gritty as he might be, like they they need well, that they need the leadership. I mean, granted, he he only knows you know the first round. Yeah. With Toronto, but like. Well, the the scary thing is that's yeah, never gonna get hold. Of. And, no, it's not. <laughs> and neither should pay off for it. I mean, okay. Yeah, like the scary thing of that with. Colorado, it's like, yeah, you're missing. You know, the minute I heard Samuel Gerard, I was like, holy shit. Yeah, t- and, then and then on top of Kadri, it's like, okay, in hockey, a lot of times, it's kind of, you know, they say, oh, you're going to be back by playoffs. And then they don't get cleared to come back because, That's kinda what they're trying you know, to, they were someone saying. knows something like the surgeon or the doctor. Or so they're like, yeah, you can't skate today. And they're like, doc, it's the first game of playoffs. Dude, you can't skate That's today. what they were. Like what they were saying when Gabriel Landeskog got his, knee. yeah, like he's saying he's hoping to be back by playoffs, but we don't. Know. I kind of doubt he'll be I back. Doubt it. Sh- showing how well and how good Colorado still is, even with these injuries. Dude, no, I, yeah, this still, is. Get, I think it's gonna be their year. Man, there, if, nobody's getting past. Okay, playoffs. this is gonna be a hot take. If Kadri or Gerard come back, they're going to the cup. I can see just it, yeah. with the firepower the, they have. First of have always been a. Yeah. Um, assuming that, nobody, okay. assuming nobody else big gets injured, such as Landis or such as um Rantanen, McKinnon, McCarr. That, that's something that I'm I'm gonna take on later in the episode with with our next topic or with our second topic of the day. And it, we'll we'll get into that later yeah, on tonight. Yeah. Later on in the episode, so can, uh, yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, coming out of Dallas, Essa Lindell is currently out. Uh, no reason given there. Coming out of 
Florida. Noel Achari is out with an upper body injury and did not travel with the team this weekend for their road trip. Wow. I just accidentally scrolled off of that. Give me one second. <laughs> I don't know how I did that, but... Do, 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 do. Coming, uh, also coming out of Florida, Patrick Hornquist is out with an undisclosed injury and also did not travel in this weekend's matchup to New Jersey or did not play in today's game against Buffalo. Coming out of New Jersey, Pavel Zaka is currently in day-to-day status as well. Uh, coming out of Long Island, the Islanders, Ilya Sorokin is out with an upper body injury and was not available in today's matchup against New Jersey, hence why we talked earlier um, uh, Corey Schneider started. Um, coming out of Philadelphia, Scott Lofton is in an injured reserve with a concussion and did not play in yesterday's tilt against the Maple Leafs. Coming out of Seattle, both Hayden Flurry and Jaden Schwartz are in day-to-day status. Coming out of St. Louis, Tory Krug is out. Uh, Tampa Bay, Ryan McDonough is currently out with That's in day-to-day huge status. Loss. Yeah, one of their well, top well, three defensemen. Well, not why, but like, well, not, not, I, I don't know why I said why. How? Like, how, how is that like a, a, a tough well, loss? McDonough's, like Kyle said, he's one of those top three defensemen. Again, going back to Colorado, if McDonough gets healthy before playoffs, that's just extra fucking firepower for the Lightning. They Mm -hmm. say Lightning strikes twice. Is it going to strike three times this year? We'll see, man. We'll see. Look at that. I just blew Colin's Uh, fucking mind. (laughs) I'm too tired for this stuff, man. (laughs) And to wrap it up, coming out of Vegas, three big injuries. Laurent Brassant, Keegan Colesler, and Nolan Patrick all out in day-to-day status. I think Patrick's the biggest one out of those three. Probably, Nolan Patrick. Or Brassant, they're one of their backup bullies. Yeah. Well, Patrick's what, a defenseman? Or forward? forward. Okay. So, again, Patrick gets healthy, extra firepower. Oh, as long as it's not. As as long as it's not Eichel. Yeah. (laughs) Because Eichel's toxic as fuck. Knowing Eichel, he's going to get hit in the spine with the puck, and he's like, fuck, I'm crippled. (laughs) Guys, help me. I need to replace another fucking disc. Alright, and starting with our first, one of our first topics of tonight. Um, or second one. Or, no, first, first one, yeah. yeah. I can't count. Obviously. <laughs> Clearly. One, <laughs> six, anywho. four! Got it! Anywho, um, we, with the trade deadline that ended a few weeks ago, we decided we're going to do it the all-time worst in all the all-time best trades that have happened up to this point, uh, up to, so we're gonna go through t- our top five of each. Um, so we'll start here with Kyle. Um, coming at number five, really going in no particular order. I did. Uh, I said Chris Kunitz going to the Penguins in exchange for Ryan Whitney going back over to Anaheim. Um, I mean, yes, Chris Kunitz for Pittsburgh and then end up going in on to win three more cups on top of the one that he won with Anaheim in two thousand six. 2007. Um, but Ryan Whitney had only gone on to play for 82 games in Anaheim, and that's it. He didn't have that good of a season. Um, so that it was it was a pretty bad trade in Anaheim part. They get rid of a, a, a big key part in Chris Kunitz, who went on to win three more cups, and got in exchange somebody that only went on to play 82 games. So it w- wasn't too bad on Pittsburgh's standpoint, but for but for Ducks that was that was a pretty bad trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um. One another one um, that 
that came back in two thousand June of two thousand one on um, the set when the set um the Islanders traded Zidane Chara, um Bill McKellowit and a first round pick and then obviously the Islanders received Alex um Yashin in Wait. return. <clears throat> Which that first round pick ended up being Jason Spezza. Yeah, yeah. that ended okay. up being one of my 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 you know, top so, top. Well, I, I did six for each, just yeah. in case. But mm-hmm. yeah, that first round draft pick that Ottawa had acquired in that trade ended up being Jason Spezza, which we all know has been you know a, a consistent individual w- within the league. Yeah, um, yeah, and Chara obviously was the clear winner of, and obviously that first round pick because everyone else has not. Not not played out to where they need to be in, in, in NHL. Yep. Um, I have a lot of mine back in the early NHL. So my first one was a '92 Eric Lindros to Philadelphia. So Philly acquired Lindros, and to Quebec. This was between Philadelphia and the and Quebec. Peter Forsberg, Mike Rickey, Kerry Huffman, Ron Hextall. Steve Duchesne, Chris Simon, a draft pick, and $15 million for one fucking player. One player. <laughs> I don't know what I the same time, thinking. No, no spoilers, but I have that as one yeah. of my best That's trades. what I... I did it as the worst for Philadelphia. Well, I, I feel like it depends. Like I, I, I feel like, you know, I have the same thing except yeah. on the wor- worser standpoint. Yeah. Really? So, um... I, I gotta figure. So, <laughs> I if I if I know where Kyle's kind of going with this, it's it's with the great one. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. one of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in, oh yeah. shoot, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I had it too. So was it eighty eight? Yeah. Yeah. In uh, in, in August of eighty eight, uh, Edmonton requires Jim Carson, Martin uh, Gillinellis. A first round pick in 89, 91, 93, and a first round pick of their cho- choosing, and a $15 million, uh, an extra $15 million from LA for Mike Krulsenek, Mar- uh, Marty McSurley, and the great one, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. See, I have that for one of my best. Well, which end are you on? Because, like, if, if, you're, if, you're, if you're on the LA end, yes, you're, you're, yeah, it's going to be LA it's, it, it's going to be the best for LA, but, like, that's my number one. For- that's. That's one of the two dumbest, tra- yeah, dumbest oh, trades. Well, and keep in mind, for the I have it for the best kid. You know, like Colin said, it was between the Kings and Edmonton. Who and they, Edmonton they, acquired? They also acquired the three first round picks for nineteen eighty nine. Four, four. I found three. Well, a and then a first round pick of their choosing. So three okay. set, three set in stone, but the fourth yeah, one I had for the three that were set in stone. All right, which I which I understand that, but like yeah. it, it also depends on which you know which team you're, you're kind of going yeah, from. Um, now, Edmonton didn't get much in return. I mean, Jimmy Carson the next season went on to score 100 points, but after that he did. I don't think he broke 50 after that. Mm-hmm. No. So he, he he didn't go on to do much other than that season after, and we all saw we all know how Gretzky went on to continue to be the greatest player we've ever seen. Re- regardless of what team it was, so yeah. I mean, either way with this trade, you can't go wrong with a winner at the trade and the loser at the trade. Yep. So, you know, in in a sense, 
We're, we're both right. Yeah. I, I can't take any credit away from you, Bobo. So. Alright. Colin, who do you have? Well, I said mine, so it's okay. Kylie. Kyle, number four. Uh, my next one, I said uh, team, the, ten, the Winnipeg Jets traded Timu Solani to the Anaheim Ducks. Okay. Um, they pretty much got nothing in return. They got uh, Chad Klieger, Oleg Tversdowski, and a twenty or a 1996 third-round pick, which they ended up using Anton Lindstrom. And the uh, Ducks got back um, Timu Solani, Mark Chenard, and a 1996 fourth-round pick, which they ended up using for Kim Stahl. Um, I mean, we all know Timu Solani. You know, with Winnipeg was the best, the most most goals ever scored by a rookie. He did that in his rookie year over in Winnipeg, and they, you know, a couple years later they decided to trade him over to Anaheim. And he became. And he went on to do even greater things with Anaheim. Yeah. You know, ended up being traded over to San Jose in two thousand and one, and then traded back to Anaheim in two thousand seven. Played, played Colorado yeah. briefly. Played, played in Colorado briefly, so he played for quite a few different teams, but um. Yeah, and ended up eventually ending his career in, in Anaheim. I actually got to see him play. I don't remember it because I was like 12 years old. But yeah. I was at a game in Pittsburgh where they faced Anaheim, and I got to, got to see Timo Solani play, which, which was, you was know, pretty cool, but I don't remember it. <laughs> regardless of who you are, I mean, at, at the age of 12, like, you don't really process much of, like, yeah. holy shit, like, these guys are going to go down to the Hall of Fame. Like, we're 12. Oh my god, we're gonna we're going to the NHL game. I don't care who the fuck is playing. We're going to the NHL game. I was just excited to go see. Oh my god, I get to see, go see the Penguins play. And I, yeah. like, I think I remember that that was the year. I think Crosby was still out with one of his injuries. I think Malkin was out at the time. All I remember yeah. is we lost. I think we lost two or three to one. The only goal was scored by Jordan Stahl, like five minutes into the game, and we did nothing after that. <laughs> That's all I remember about that game. Mm. Ended up being one of Jordan Stahl's final goals that he scored as a Penguin, which that was kind of cool. So, I'm um, kind of going off one uh, another one I have. Um, it happened in March of 1998. Um, the Blues received Brett Hall and Steve Barzik, and then the Flames um, received Rob Rampage and Rick R- Rick Rensley. You know that trade was actually at the back of my mind originally, but I was like, I mean, I. I no, when I was doing this, I was like, I, I feel like that Brett Hall same trade. Thing. Yeah, I yeah. had the same thoughts. Like, yeah. it's bad, but it's not as bad as some of the other ones yeah. on this list. Like, it's not like nearly it's, as bad. It, it's an honorable mention, but like at yeah. the same time, like you, you know, not everyone as, else who's gonna pick that. So like, yeah. yeah, it's not as bad. I it was like one of my lower tier. Like, I didn't necessarily was bad or yeah, necessarily was good in it. Yeah. So, but obviously the Blues, obviously Brett Hall ended up. Become, End up doing really well, and yeah, um, San, it was St. Louis. Was one of the greatest blues to ever, to ever like smoke. Yeah, mm-hmm. if not the greatest blue to ever. Yeah, ever my my next one comes from the late eighties, eighty six. Cam Neely to Vancouver, between Boston and Vancouver. So to Boston, Neely in a first round pick, which ended up being Glenn Wesley. To Vancouver was Barry Pedersen. Who? Exactly. That's why I said it was a bad trade, because nobody yeah. knows who he is. You know. Neely, I just thought with the two Neelys in the NHL, I'm like, he might be, a, on, there's a Neely in the NHL somewhere currently. I'm no. like, no? I thought there was a You're, you're thinking of early, like early to mid-90s. Maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, moving on. I have another one of the two big, bad Edmonton trades. Uh-oh. This happens in 1991. Where Edmonton acquires Bernie Nicole, <coughs> Stephen Rice, and not uh, not related to the Jake DeBrusk that's currently playing on the NHL, 
Lou DeBrusque from the Rangers for, at the time, their captain, Mark Messier. Yeah. Really? That happened? He, yeah, that happened. When he was traded from Edmonton to the New York Rangers, has five cups at the time with the Edmonton Oilers. Obviously, won it 6-1 when the Rangers won it in 93. But as I said, like... Obviously, a dumb trade from Edmonton. The second one of two trades, big trades. I would think they would have learned their mistake the first time with Gretzky. But obviously, they didn't. They did not. <laughs> the two coats are the boo dumbasses, all right? Yeah. Uh, the next one I got was uh, the Patrick Waugh trade, which sent him over to the Colorado Avalanche from Montreal. Uh, Montreal received Jocelyn Feeble, Martin Rusinski, and Andre Cav. Kovalenko, yeah. in exchange for Mike Kien and Patrick Waugh. See, and we I all know have, Patrick Waugh went on to win the Cup yeah. with the Avalanche that season. Okay, I have that for one of my and best trades. A couple for, years later. I was looking at, at Colorado's advantage, and I was looking at it as 100% one of the best. 100% on Colorado's, they got a steal yeah. and a half. And If you don't know the whole story yeah. behind it, pretty yeah. much what, what led to this, this happening is there was a game where Montreal, I think they're, I can't remember who they were facing, but Patrick Wall let in in the ballpark after it was like nine or ten goals he let in, and um, there's one point he finally made a save and he like he like cheered for himself and like the fans cheered him on, and he you know because he because he didn't get pulled he pretty much stormed off the ice after the game and threatened to the general manager that he would never play another game for the Montreal Canadiens, which Wait. he did not. He got traded shortly after that, and then went on to win the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche that season. Yeah, <laughs> which again that's another one of those trades where they. You can see both sides. It's a win for Colorado, like Kyle said, but it's a major, major loss for Montreal on that team. Yeah. See, you know, that, that stellar of a goaltender as in Patrick Waugh leaving your, your your team, your roster. Like, uh, it, that's, and, and, and Thiebault never really went on to do much of anything, um, especially with Montreal. He played a total of almost a little over 100 games, and he had two points. Two. <laughs> two points. <laughs> Which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's two points in well over 100 games. So, oh, well, that's stupid because he was a goalie. Okay, I was looking at the wrong stats there. <laughs> Way to go. So he had two, two, two assists as a goalie. But, yeah, he even record-wise, he went on to do decent. But it wasn't good enough to give Montreal anything there in the late 90s. Um, a 22-24-11 record and then a 19-15-8 record. So, I mean, def- definitely nowhere nearly as good as... Patrick Wall, in my eyes, the greatest goaltender of all yeah. time. Yeah. All right, Jeffy. Um, another one that had um, a mine of ni- came in nineteen ninety two. The Maple Leafs um, received Doug Gilmore, and the Flames received Gary Lehman. I almost said that one. Yeah. Um, Lehman only he pr- played uh, six hundred and. Um, 67 games and wasn't he was an okay not bad I mean he was okay um what I have early 90s 91 Mark Messier to the Rangers as I just said before did you he did that one. Yeah. Fuck. All right. I didn't catch it. As, as you can tell, somebody's not paying. No, I heard the Stephen Rice and the Louis DeBrus, but I didn't catch the year that you said. So I thought it. I heard Stephen Rice, and I was like, that might have been a whatever. All right. So I'll go up to my next one. Roberto Lu- Luongo to the Canucks. 
Oh, when, when he leaves the, the Panthers yes. for the first time. In 06, to Florida, Todd Bertuzzi, Alex Ald, and Brian Allen. To Vancouver, Luongo, Krejcik, and a six-round pick, which ended up being uh, Sergei Shirakov. I mean, I'm, Florida got Todd Bertuzzi, so I mean... It's not. I looked at it as a 50 50. I just put it as worse because of the Wongo leaving. Hold on. Time out. It depends what era you're in. Because, like, if you're in that era of the NHL, it's a 50 50, like Bill said. But if you're in this era of the NHL, Vancouver wins the deal. 1000%. So I don't know if you can officially say one team has won or lost in that time zone. I said worst looking at Florida's decision to trade Luongo in the first place, who, again, is one of the top five goaltenders. Uh, again, that's basing it off of today's standards. I know. You're, you're right. I know. You're, you're right. But, uh, it, it, again, it's it's a, it's a tough call with, with decisions in the time era. That's the only thing that's, you know, hanging me up on mm-hmm. who won and who lost that, yeah. that era. Well, we'll have the fans vote. How's that? We'll throw well, it. We'll let them, we'll them decide on their own. Yeah. All right, Colin, who's your one? Who's yours? So, I know I have, like, I, I raged earlier on in the season about this trade. Oh, no. I, I think it was, like, the first. Second like, episode. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Like, episode. two or three episodes yeah. of this trade. <laughs> and there, there's one team that won this trade and one team that utterly failed. And I see Kyle's disappointment in his face right now. The Vegas Golden Knights on uh, July 27th of 2021 acquire a nobody. And Chicago receives the Vesna winning goaltender. Mark Under Fury! You're fucking retarded, Vegas! Look at you now! You have a, a great goaltender. No, don't get me wrong. You have a great goaltender and Robin Enter who can't seem to stay healthy this season. And you give up. The other best goaltender you will ever have in franchise history up to this point, Mark Andre Fleury. To a fucking nobody. For a nobody. Yeah. And coming off his best season for the uh, 20, 2021 NHL season. Name and, and you, you and dropped him like not too long after the. I yeah. saw that they dropped that prospect. I I can't show or explain how much rage I have inside of me. We won't get canceled if I show my rage. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to show it anymore. But you guys we already showed some of it, so we'll, we'll keep it. We'll keep it on that. <laughs> yeah, keep it boxed. It catch me off air. How about that? <laughs> All right, and I will show you the rage that I have within the dumbest trade in NHL history. So if you see us walking down the street someday in the middle of nowhere, ask Colin how he feels about that trade, and I will wholeheartedly. Openly tell you about the trade. That's it. The good thing is, at least we now know Flurry's with a better team now. <laughs> and, 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 and happy now. All right, Kyle. And this one, in my opinion, is the worst, absolutely the worst one for one trade in the history. July 1st, 2015. It was one of three things that happened within an hour span of each other. One of them was when uh, Steven Stamkos re signed with Tampa Bay. Yeah. Second one, P.K. Just... Subban was traded for Shea Weber. The third one, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. 16. Is was it 2016? 16. Okay, I'm, I apologize. I thought it was 2015. 
but it is still the the worst one for my opinion the worst one for one trade there's been worse like two for two or you know one for seven the worst one for one trade i have in the history of the nhl yeah. I mean, yes, people argue, oh, you know, the Devils obviously won the trade because they're getting Taylor Hall. They get that much-needed four that they needed at the time. And then Edmonton, oh, they were acquiring a much a, a young, very hardcore defenseman that they needed at the time. But now neither one of those players are still with those respective teams. And now both of those teams aren't do. I mean, Edmonton's doing decent. They're in the playoffs currently. But we all know where New Jersey is right now. Mm. So, and they did only, only held on Taylor Hall for, what, two years? Three years? Yep. Two, two years, years, yeah. Two years. And yeah, and then Adam Larson played played for Edmonton for quite some time. And now he's over in um, uh, Seattle, uh, one of their top defensemen. But yeah, like, it's just, it is so bad, man. Like we we when we, I think this one came out came out after the the uh, Shea Weber for PK Subban. Yeah, we thought that one was bad, and then this news broke, and the world is just absolutely losing their fucking mind. As as, yeah. as I was, like it, it is terrible, man. Like we should re rewrite Billy Joel's "We Gotta Start the Fire" and do all the bad fucking trades in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Taylor Hall, and Taylor Hall, Jimmy Carson, <laughs> and kind of Kyle just kind of briefly mentioned about it. I thought one of the wor- other worst trades that happened that same day was Shea Weber and PK Subban. Yep. Oh, I don't. I mean, it, it that one definitely wasn't nearly as bad as the Taylor Hall and Adam Larson one. Yeah, but. So, these guys already covered. This is my last worst trade back in 01 when the Penguins traded Yager to the Caps. He's on my, he's on my radar. Yeah. So, to Washington, it was Yager and Francisic. To Pittsburgh, three nobodies. Chris Beach, Rob Who? Lupasek, Who? and Michael Sivek. Who? Exactly. <laughs> and it's like looking at this. Washington won that trade. Washington automatically won that trade. Yeah. And I said that because you know I'm not. I wasn't trying to be biased, but being a Yager fan in itself, I didn't. I kind of forgot that happened until I had to go I, back. I like and to dig. forget that it did. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't old enough yeah. to remember that that trade happened. Obviously, because yeah. none all... of us really are. Colin, you were what? No one was here, and you were what? Three at the time. Three. What what part of the year was it? Oh one, I don't know. Uh, probably. I think it was off season, so probably like June, July. So yeah, I was fourth. Well, not even fourth. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I was. I mean, I'm you know I'm as big of a Yager fan as everybody. I'm rocking yeah. his his Florida Panthers jersey right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, so I'm out of worst trades. You guys finish and then. Yeah. After this one, I have one. Okay. So the first one, I'll go with the Otis. Uh, o- Otis. Yes. O- Otis. Otis. <laughs> I like wings That's myself. Wings <laughs> yeah. So the oldest back in 2006, pretty much nobody for a big old name. Toronto, Toronto, yes. <laughs> Toronto acquires Andrew Rayquaw. <laughs> it's late in the episode, man. I'm tired. Okay, it's been a long ass day. Toronto acquires Andrew Raycroft from Boston. For no other than Tuka Rask. Which, you know, Toronto, you fucked up. This is the one of the many trades you fucked up, but yeah. you really and fucked Ray up. And Raycroft went on to be pretty much nothing with, with Toronto. It didn't do much. I mean, obviously didn't get it past the first round of the playoffs. So, <laughs> Well, who can at this point? Let's see. 
But Tuca did. <laughs> he got past him for sure. Yeah, he got past Tuka Prado. Tuca won a cup. Brought him to his second one. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of uh, as a backup or not, like he still won one. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have one I'm more? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm out of my right. worst ones. All right, my my last one. It happened this season back in November fourth, twenty twenty one. A Buffalo acquires Alex Tuck, Peyton Krebs, and two draft picks for Jack Eichel and a conditional draft pick. Vegas yeah, yeah. lost. You see, you see, this was a bad trade. Yeah, because you know, Jack Eichel. I mean, as, as good of a player as he is, do not get me wrong. He's a phenomenal player. He's just so toxic. Like look, look at look at Vegas now. Like they were, you know, top top of the division. Now they're not even a play. Oh. Uh, not knowing the the score of the Dallas game, they're not even a, in a playoff spot. Like I say, that that the negative vibes and this the toxicity that Jack Eichel brings to any NHL. Cur- currently, Dallas trails two to nothing to Seattle, so so they still they could still carry that that spot by the end of the night. Yeah. But like where where they're at, like top top of the division, top of the conference, like to barely in a playoff spot. Yeah. Like, yeah, what, they're what one win away from reaching the cup final again. In, in their the first last season. season. Yeah. Or two, this, two. So because the their series with Montreal last season went to seven games, didn't it? If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So they were one win. They were one win away. They were one win away from going to the Stanley Cup final again. For the second time in franchise history, to now just four years. Yeah. To now, like you're barely in the playoffs, <coughs> and they've gone really downhill. Yeah. Because of one player. Be named Jack Eichel. Yeah, Ve- I'm sorry, but like, I I don't care how good of a player he is. Vegas, you lose. Yeah. yeah. Jumping into the best trades, um, I mentioned this one. I think this was what Bobo put this in one of his worst. Uh, the Eric Lindros for Peter Forsberg yep. trade. Um, I I think I honestly think it's I, one of the best of I, all time for I both sides. So. Um, Eric Lindros, you know, who didn't want to, he got out of Quebec, who he did not want to play for. Ended up going to the Flyers, and that you know did great things for them. You know, put up, put, went down is probably down as one of the best Flyers in their well, history. I think, and then Peter Forsberg, who had done great things in both Philly and then did great things in Quebec, and went on to do great things in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Went, went on to be one of the best for all three of those franchises. The, well, the reason and Ron, I, the reason Ron Hackstall did well, both for both. I think the Quebec reason, and Philly. The reason I said I think it was the worst is because of all those fucking people they traded for that one person, including a draft. I mean, yeah, pick yeah, I, I can see. Where, I can see where you came pick, from on that. Yeah, including but, a draft pick and fifteen million. But you know, if you go back thing, to the, Lindros was the first overall. I know, but so, if you go back to the early nineties and throw maybe two players, it'd be like and trading another, like Conor McDavid. You don't think Conor McDavid would be worth that many players? But uh, maybe throw him and one other person for seven people and 15 million fucking dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I know no one, I know nobody, I guess McDavid's one of the best, but no one's going to trade him six fucking players, a draft pick and 20 million fucking dollars today. Fuck no. They do three players and a draft pick. Easy. Probably. Yeah. You know, that's why I said it was one of the worst. Cause again, you have one, two, three, four, five players a draft pick and fifteen million dollars. You know how much fifteen million dollars is worth back in early nineties? Yeah, true. <laughs> right now, that's like forty-five million fucking dollars. I don't know if it's that much, but right Still, right now it's probably like close to twenty-five. It's quite a bit. That's why I said it was one of my worst because it's like okay, and again looking back for Connor McDavid, you know you would 
you know, if you were to go to Colorado, you'd maybe get Landis, Gog, McKinnon, a draft pick, and 10 mil. That's honestly probably, that's probably a damn good fair trade, honestly. And it's like, yeah, numbers, two players, like a second I, round I, I draft I looked at pick. it for, because bo- both sides got an amazing play yeah. out of it that went on to do very do accomplish many things and yeah. very well make this this both franchises success res, both respected franchises very successful in in yeah. an immediate time after they joined That's them. That's kind of why yeah. I also said it was I, one of the better yeah. trades. I think it's you also uh, put it in one of your best. Yeah. Again, I said it was the worst because you can't get rid of five fucking players like that. <laughs> which, which one were your best, Bubba? I have one of my best is ninety five Jerome Ginla to the Flames. Damn it, that's one of mine. I also, I also had that. Aginla and Corey Milan. He, Dallas, it was an Joe Wendek. Joe Newendike. Yeah, Newendike. That's how you say it. Yeah. Again, Aginla, one of the best to lace him up. Yeah. You know, and again, that's an easy, you know, Calgary fucking, or Dallas won that. Or, yeah, Calgary, I'm sorry. Calgary won that trade in a heartbeat. I mean, they got Iggy, who went on to be the greatest flame to ever play the game. Exactly. <laughs> Um, then da- Dallas got uh, Joe Newendike, who he went on to be one of the better, better stars of all time, next to Mike Madano. Yeah. So right. you you guys are gonna hate me for this because I know you had say uh, I know Kyle, you and Jeffy had stated this is one of the worst trades in history, whereas I will respectively uh, respectively disagree, and one of the many trades in the 2016 offseason, first day of you know trade deadline, oh first day of trades. Uh, Nashville acquires P.K. Slubin from Montreal for uh, for Shea, the Ugly Thumb Weber. That's why, like, I I, I would honestly consider that a good trade more than I would a bad. Like, I honestly did not think people a lot of people thought it was a bad trade. I personally did not. I don't like, think it was that. Like, bad. It was right in the like like if, if you look at, at it like at the sh- time you... at the time it it was very well balanced. Both of them were just as good as the other. I mean, now I think I still think Shea Weber is probably still better than Subban at this point. I, I, assuming that, but you also got to look at the team that Subban is on. Yeah, he has nothing to work with around him. No, no, but, no but defensive looking, pairing. He has nobody in front of him. But but looking at the teams that they were traded to, you know, you know, PK helped carry you know Nashville to twenty seventeen finals, where they lost against the Penguins. Shea Weber helped carry the Montreal Canadiens to the twenty twenty finals, where they lost against Tampa. Like bo- both teams will win in their own uh, respective. No arguments. Yeah. So I mean, neither team really lost. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think like, like lost this trade. Again, it's another one of those fifty-fifty. So I, I I gotta say this is one of the better trades for both both clubs. Yeah, so it's both one where I don't, I don't think you can really choose a winner yeah. in no. that trade. So it, really it's, well, it also that, that's that's where I'm putting it on the better half of the trades mm. versus the worser half well, of the trades. I also think it's that's why I, I kind of put it like right in the middle. Like I necessarily didn't think it was bad, more more good. It's, more, it, it's, it's tough. It's I also tough. I also think it depends like what team you root for. You know, if you're rooting for Team A and they get all these great players, you know, if it's like Pittsburgh and fucking Edmonton. You know, one of the two, bi- one of the biggest rivalries of hockey. It's one of those things where it's like, if people get traded over to Edmonton, you know, you're like, holy shit. And then Pittsburgh sends away fucking Rusty and someone to, you know, they send Rusty and Dumoulin to Edmonton. And, Fuck Edmonton. And you're like, yeah, exactly. And you're like, fuck Edmonton for taking our players. And yet we would get, I don't even fucking know. 
you know, maybe, I don't even fucking know. You know, an Edmund, Edmonton player and two draft picks for the next draft, uh, like a first and a fifth draft pick. Uh, another one of mine here, uh, 2002, the two newest clubs at the time swapped first round draft picks, being the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Florida Panthers. Uh, the first overall was originally Florida's, went to Columbus, and they, of course, chose Mr. Rick Nash. Right. And Florida chose Mr. Jay Bomeister, who also who went on to do great things with Florida for a couple years before being traded, you know, around the league a couple times, eventually ending his career with St. Louis. Um, you know, Jay Bomeister, he was the one that went and had the cardiac cardiac episode shortly before mm-hmm. the COVID lockdown, and um, never got to see playtime again. Yeah. Um, and we all know what Rick Nash went on to do in both Columbus and New York. Just recently had his jersey retired. Um, so th- that's why, like, I don't I don't think either team lost that trade. Um, if he had to choose a winner, I'd probably say Columbus, getting Rick Nash out of that. That's what almost destroys his laptop. Again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, considering Rick Nash did spend a lot more time in Columbus than, you know, Bo Meester did in, in Florida. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I, I get tough, but, like, if he had to pick an extra cut winner, Columbus all the way. Yeah. CBJ. Yeah. Um, and then 2014, I think. Person thought it was not bad. Um, the Rangers see receive Martin St. Louis and then the Lightning receive <laughs> Ryan Callahan. God damn it, that's my next one. <laughs> yep. What the shit? So, a little backstory to Good that. Thing we all had different, different worse ones because we all have the same fucking best. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, a, a little backstory. You guys back- might not have my next one. We'll see. Uh, a little backstory to that because I read on that today, like a little bit more on today yep. when I had some downtime. Apparently, you know, Steve Huai, who was the GM of Tampa at the time, and Marty St. Louis had kind of like a, like a, 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 like a butting heads kind of scenario. Heads. Like, they, they never saw eye to eye. So, like, this is kind of like a good thing for both Marty and Steve Huai. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I guess it's a win-win for both those individuals as well as for both those franchises. Obviously, uh, St. Louis went, through, went on to retire at the end of that season. For uh, as a, as a Tampa Bay Lightning had has had his jersey retired at the end, not that season, but like obviously a couple of seasons. He's the separate. only yeah. um, Lightning player to get, is he? No, he's one or two. One Him and Cavie, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the other one. So yeah, is number four and St. Louis is number twenty six. Okay. So yeah. far, yeah, so, so far, yeah. All right, jumping to 05. Boston sends Jumbo Joe to the Sharks. I saw that. I, I saw so to San to San Jose was. Jumbo Joe Thornton <coughs> to Boston, Wayne Primeu, Brad Stewart, and Marco Stern. Kind of, okay. I don't know, because we all see how Jumbo Joe is with San Jose. Or was. And or now was. Yeah. Still. He's Toronto now, isn't he? Or yeah. Toronto. For, Florida. No, I'm sorry. Toronto, then Florida. Was it Toronto? Okay. He's now. Yeah. Okay. All right. Colin, go ahead. All right. Back in 2013. Oh, no. An exchange with Boston and Dallas. Fuck! I know where you're going with this. Boston acquires Fords, Louis Erickson, Joe Moro, Riley Smith, Andre, uh, and Matt Fraser from Dallas in exchange for Ryan Bootson, Rich Peverley, and Tyler Sagan. Well, I'm out. (laughs) Fucking cocksucker. So, again, like, obviously the only two people left on each after roster... For the respective teams, are Riley Smith and Tyler Sagan. Obviously, Louis Erickson back down in Dallas. Joe Morrow's retired. Matt Fraser's God knows where. 
Uh, Rich Peverly obviously is out with, you know, his cardiac arrest back yeah. in, I forget what season. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you, you can't really say there's a, a distinct loser for each club, nor can you say there's a distinct winner. Both are great in their own worst respects. Mm. So, it, it's tough to say, but, like, bo- both are doing great things. I honestly, if I had to pick a side, oh, boy. If I had to pick a side, Dallas. Yeah. Dallas. Yep. Dallas. Dallas. I was just about to say Dallas. T- t- mostly because of Tyler Sagan. Yes. What he's gone on to become. Still still plays for that franchise to this day. And, yep. and with how young he is. You know? yeah. Still 30 years old and still has plenty of time in front of him. It, yeah. Yeah, Dallas won that one. Yep. My fin- fifth and final one here because most of mine got stolen. Um, <laughs> October 25th, 1991. Oh, no. The Buffalo Sabres acquire Roddy... Randy oh, Jeremy has it. <laughs> Randy Wood, a 1992 fourth round pick, and Pat La 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 Fontaine in exchange for Benoit Hogue, Uwe Krupp, Pierre Turgeon, and Dave McLuane. So, you know, the owners the get Pierre Turgeon, which is the big name in that one, and then obviously Buffalo Sabres got Pat LaFontaine, yeah. went on to be probably the best Sabre to ever play the game, yeah. being Pat LaFontaine. Probably behind Dominic Kashuk. Yeah. Um, who was another one I, I debated putting on that, that list for best trades. Yeah. The look on Jeffy's face when he said that was <laughs> fucking priceless. He's like, he looked as like. As soon as I read it, started he looked, second, he looked, that he second name, he's like, okay. He looked like a grumpy Squidward. <laughs> so I'm guessing that was Jeffy's last one, right? It was at least one of them. One of your yeah. last ones. All right, Jeffy, right. who's your last one? Um, one of my other ones I had was um, coming in 1996, um, Detroit Red Wings trade off Paul Coffey. Keith Premier in a first rounder, and then they, Red Wings in return receive Brandon Shanahan. Red Wings, right? Red Wings, yeah. Okay. I like Red Wings. I I I, I, I do like that trade. I mean, that's another one of those where like I don't, I don't think there's a true cut winner in that one. No. And Shanahan did really well in his career with Detroit. Just because of Paul Coffey, I'm gonna have to say, fucking Edmund or not Hartford or Hartford. Yeah, sorry. I like coffee. Me too. And, you know, with Paul Coffey being, you know, not trying to sound biased, one of the best to, one of the best with Pittsburgh, one of the best to ever lace him up back in the early 80s, or, or late 70s, early 80s, I'm sorry. And it was one of those things where I forget his stats, but he has a crazy, he has like 1,300 total points. Something coffee? like that. Um, I thought. I think so. I think you're in the at least in the ballpark. I, th- I thought he was like twelve or thirteen hundred total points for playing like twelve years. That's pretty freaking impressive. That's like Connor for, McDavid numbers for right defenseman. Yeah. So uh, Paul Coffey for fourteen hundred nine games. He's three hundred ninety six goals. One hundred. Uh, one. I'm sorry. One thousand one hundred thirty five assists for fifteen hundred thirty one points. So you even you were underestimated. I thirteen hundred. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> All right. Sorry, excuse me. My my last one for this segment of. Episode, uh, back in 2021 again, a more recent one. Uh, St. Louis acquires Pavel Buchnevich from the Rangers Ooh, for Samuel Bi- uh, Bias and a 2022 second round pick. Yeah, what are they choosing on that? Nobody, yeah, so still yet to be determined. We'll so, have to update so you guys <clears throat> in one sec. So, for, for how Bias, uh, Bias is right now, with how young he is, he still has the potential with the Rangers. With how young of a team that is, and I feel like that second round pick in twenty twenty two will definitely kind of alter how we might feel. And, and, and the bread man going over there. 
St. Yeah, Louis? Yeah, so, like, if you ask me this time next year to see how the pig ends up being, yeah. my my opinion might change, but at this moment, it's still kind of a tie. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, for the second half of tonight, because we're so because playoffs start basically today or tomorrow or soon or yeah Within very the- very soon, we're going to do a little playoff hot take for the first round, and we're just gonna go through each conference, look at if the playoffs were to start today, current matchup, who wins. And who goes on to the second round? So to start, we're gonna start in the east. Well, well, well that's why that I know. We're gonna start in the east. Game number one would be the Panthers and the Capitals. Ma- matchup number one. Matchup number one, yeah. Panthers forty-eight, fifteen, and six with hundred two points. And are, and are the first team to clinch the playoffs. First team to clinch clinch playoffs. The Capitals, one of the wild cards. 37, 22, and 10 with 84 points. Personally, I have Panthers in five. I have Panthers in six. As of right now, the Panthers do lead the season series two to one. Obviously, they won't play again until the playoffs, if that. So, I, I do have the, play, uh, the Panthers in six. I, w- okay. I have the Panthers up soon, the Caps in six. Okay. Kyle, what do you think? I mean, we all see what the Capitals have been able to do in the playoffs in seasons past. But with how good the Panthers are this season, I don't, I don't see it being much of a contest. I'm going to say Panthers in five. Okay. So. You guys, you guys know my, my, my vote for the next one. Yeah, <laughs> obviously. Matchup number two, Toronto and Tampa. Tampa in five. Honestly. <laughs> Tampa in five. With these stats, that's going to be a barn burner. Yeah. Toronto, 44-19-5 and five with 93 points. Tampa. 43, 18, and 7 with another 93 points. I'm going to side with Colin, Tampa in 5. Yeah, as of right now, the series, uh, season series is tied to 1. Uh, Toronto winning on home ice, 2-1 uh, to one in OT, and then Tampa coming back on December 9th, 5-3. to three. The next two games are both in Tampa April 4th. Which is but, tomorrow. Which is tomorrow, so Ooh. technically tonight as soon as the, uh, the, this episode drops, and then April 21st in Tampa again. So, again, I got to pick Tampa in five because Toronto can never seem to get out of that first round. Yeah. And, by the way, not trying to be biased, <laughs> but let's go Tampa. Yep. As much as I want to root for Tampa just because of Colin, I've been saying it since the past couple weeks. Like, one of these years I have to fucking be right about Toronto moving on. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep fucking saying them until I'm right. So I'm, what? I, I got to say Toronto in seven. Listen, one they're they're going to be up three games to one or three games to nothing. They're going to blow a couple. Then it's going to come down to game seven. And they're finally going to fucking pull it off in seven. Wow. It's going to be one of these years. But this year is not the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Tampa in seven. You know what? I think I'm going to switch mine and agree with Kyle. As much as I, want, I would love to see Tampa do a three-peat, I'm going to agree with Kyle and say Toronto because Toronto is definitely one of the more deserving teams to win a cup. In the last 10 years, like Colin said, we always make fun of them. Now, my, my opinions will change. Say Toronto drops and they end up having to play Florida. Florida's winning. Oh, But yeah. Toronto, if they were to play, you know, Carolina, Boston, Tampa, even Pittsburgh, I think those are the teams that they would have the best chance against. Yeah. But if they were to play for either Florida, okay, Florida or Carolina, I think those would be the two teams that they wouldn't stand a chance against. Yeah. But and any of those other five teams, I think they could take they could take easily. Yep. All right, matchup number three. Speaking of Carolina and Boston, 
Carolina at 45, 16, and 8 with 98 points. Beantown, 43, 20, and 5 with 91 points. I have Carolina sweeping. Yeah, I was going to say, as of right now, the regular season series, Hurricanes lead 3 to nothing, and Cur- uh, Her- Carolina currently wow. yeah. is outscoring Boston 16 to 1. <laughs> 16 to 1. I have the Canes sweeping Beantown. Yeah. I, as, I think as, this is going to be the one I say that we'll have a sweep in the East. Um, Carolina and... In four. Yeah. I mean, yep. every playoffs needs to have an upset, but it's not going to be this one. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, see, I, see, I don't think it's going to be a sweep. I can see Boston squeaking out one, maybe, maybe. two games. Yeah. But well, I, the, I don't see this going any well, more than six that, games. Well, that also depends if everybody in Beantown can stay healthy. Also can, if, anybody, if everybody in Carolina can stay healthy. If Freddie Anderson continues to play the way that he's been playing, if no, you, no like, problem. It's going to be five Yeah. Yeah. But I, I can I can see Boston squeaking out one or two games. I, I don't see them taking this. I, that's going yeah. to, the max amount amount of games that's going to go is six. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Last matchup on the East: Rangers Penguins. Rangers forty four twenty and six with a total of ninety four points. Penguins. 41-19-10 with 92 points. I know we're all Pittsburgh fans, but Rangers take are taking it in six. We're horrible with the Rangers in playoffs. Yeah, as, as of right now, the Rangers lead the series 2-1. to one. Uh, Penguins obviously only having one win. I guess the Islanders, uh, February 26th, a one not to victory with K- uh, Tristan Jari still on that. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, New York has outscored us. If that date is right, I eight. think that was the, the the day before we went to Columbus, correct? Yeah. 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 Otherwise, the Rangers I, I have out, out, outscored us eight to to four. I'm not gonna. And, and that the last game is obviously April seventh at MSG. Yeah. Which it, it's the, Thursday. Yep. It's Thursday. Yep. yep. But it depends which Penguins we see. Again, if we see the Penguins against you know Western New York or any New York team, obviously the Rangers will win. If we see Penguins against Detroit when the Penguins won eleven to two, then Penguins all well, the way. Here's my issue. I know the past few years, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't had a good streak with any New York team. The Islanders swept us a few years ago. The Rangers we lost to the playoffs in like twenty fifteen. 2014, 2015. And 2015. And 2015. So, so since, New since York alone is not good to... 2014, I believe, is when we blew with three games to one lead. So, and yeah, in 2015, and, I think we lost in five. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so since 2010, we've lost to the Rangers three Four. times. Three times. Three times. And the Islanders once. Well, I'm speaking mm-hmm. of the Rangers because okay. that's our current matchup. Yeah. Ever since 2010, we've lost to the Rangers three times. Yeah. And we've only beaten them once on the way to yeah, the Islanders, one or two. The Islanders twice, technically. Um, yeah, 2019 and 2021. So, speaking of the Isles, there are five teams currently in the hunt for playoffs on the East. The Islanders, 32-27-9 with 73 points. The BJs, 32-32-5 with 69 points. Look at that. <laughs> BJs, 69. We don't know. Detroit, 26-34-9 with 61 Buffalo, 25, 34, 11 with 61, and Ottawa with 25, 37, 25, 37, and 6 with 56. The only one that has a chance on squeaking in is the Islanders, Isles, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I don't, don't think they're going to. I think those top eight are going to be the matchup. It's just they might differ. They might bounce back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, Florida might end up playing Boston rather than Washington. 
but that that's about the only thing that I can yeah. see changing. Yeah, the, so. the only thing is, uh, obviously, Ottawa's really only still in the hunt with the win against Detroit today, 5-2. The next game is uh, Tuesday, April 5th in Montreal. So they might still have a chance to stay in, but really, I mean, their yeah. their streak might come, come to an end Thursday, April 7th when they host the Nashville Predators. Yep. And then eliminated out of the East, our favorite team, the Philadelphia Flyers, the New Jersey Devils, and the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. All right. The West, I'm excited about. I'm very excited about yeah, the West. West you know, as much as I love my Eastern Conference with the Penguins, this, these this are going to be... This is a kind of a fun yeah. fact I saw earlier. The Flames are currently first in the East at 89 points. If they were in, sorry, if they were in the East, they would be in eighth place. I know. They would be the they would be the second wild card team if they were in the East. They are the first in the West. All right. So, off to the Western, and like I said, these are going to be some barn burners. So, guys, keep an eye out on the West if you watch the playoffs. Matchup number one: Flames, Uh, Flames and Preds. The Flames at sitting at 41, 19, and 9 with 89 points. The Preds with 39, 25, and 4 with 82. I'm taking the Flames in 6. Yeah, right I'm, now. I'm taking the Flames in 6. I got the Flames in 6. Well, right now, the Predators lead the uh, season series 1 to nothing and an uh, overtime win in the Calgary. Uh, right now, they have two more games in Nashville, April 19th and April 26th. I gotta be I gotta be the odd man out. I gotta see okay. Nashville in seven. What do you think, Kyle? Did you say yours? I don't think you did. I mean, we've all seen what the Smashville fans can do to the to the opposing goaltender when they play in Smashville. Yeah. Can they be as obnoxious and as crazy and get into the goaltender's heads as much as they used to? Or are goalies gonna be used to it at this point? Yeah. I mean this this one's a toss up in the air, man. I mean I mean, so, this one, I mean, seven games. If Calgary plays Nashville, I think Nashville takes it. But if Dallas ends up taking that spot, I, I think Dallas is wow. going to do it. So if that was I'm to sorry, stay, I think Calgary if, beats if, Dallas if Dallas. If that was to stay the same. Well, Blades, it, it, it doesn't. It's not going to matter because yeah. like, it's either going to be Colorado and Vegas or Colorado and Dallas. This yeah. series isn't going to change. Okay. Well, yeah, I like so. that. Sorry. Well, yeah. In that case, I think I, I think I got a second call and I take Nashville. Wow. So we're all right. <clears throat> to Calgary, to. So we Nashville. need you guys to help us with all the ties. <laughs> the next one I'm thrilled about, and this is going to be a barn burner. L.A. at Edmonton. L.A. sitting at 38, 23, and 10 with 86 points. Edmonton 39, 25, and five. I'm taking Edmonton and seven. Yeah. Edmonton and seven as well for me, because right right now the Oilers see the series, season series two to one, obviously uh, L A winning in regulation five to one and in a shootout three to two. Edmonton taking the one game, uh, five to one or four three shootout. I'm sorry, I, I read that one backwards. So L A taking the first game in December fifth five to one, and Edmonton taking the next two games February February fifteenth five to two and in a shootout three to two uh, four to three. Uh, next matchup is April 7th in L.A. So, yeah, right. o- uh, Oilers and 7. Kyle, Jeffy, what do you think? That's, again, if you guys want to watch a good fucking playoff series, that's the series to watch. My thing is, is who, how, what, because obviously Pedersen and Quick have been 
Yeah. A very good one-two yeah. punch. Yeah. One-two. Um, it, mean, it all comes down to, I said this at the beginning of last playoff series with Edmonton and I ended up being right. Which Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are we going to see? Yeah. Are we going to see the one where every single time they're on that ice, they're, they're each getting a point? Or are we going to see where they Just, e- they split, they get a point combined in four games like they did against Winnipeg? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it depends on which 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 one which one of those two are we going so, to see? If we see sloppy McDavid Edmonton, or if we see sloppy McDavid, then it's LA. Like, yeah, then it's LA. McDavid and Dressettle is that entire team. Yeah. Like they have what they have a hundred points each now at this point. Like so, like it's. Yep. <laughs> it's it's no question they have two hundred of that team's probably what three hundred fifty points that they have combined. Probably. Between those two players alone, and then the other eighteen nineteen players rostered share the hundred other hundred and fifty. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you, Bobo and Colin. Edmonton seven. and seven. Okay, so Kyle's the odd one out. All right, I like All right. that. All right, so the next matchup, Colorado hosting Vegas. Hosting Vegas. Colorado is 49-14-6 at 104 points. Vegas is 39-28-4 at 82 points. Right now, Colorado holds the season series two games to one. Vegas obviously winning the first one, three to one. The next two coming in, in the month of February. Colorado winning the first, uh, first and two, two to nothing, and then in regulation, Colorado winning three to two. I hate to say this, but bring the brooms because Colorado sweeping. This is the this one where I was gonna agree. I think this is the one that could be a sweep. No matter who they play, I think they're gonna sweep. This is if they play Dallas, if they play Vegas, they're gonna sweep. Yeah. They're they're just way way too fucking good this yeah. year, man. I, I think I'm gonna be on my. I am going to... Especially as well as they played against the Penguins on Saturday afternoon, with how as red hot the Penguins have been, and they still found a way to pull it off against them, I I, I don't see them having any sort of struggle I'm gonna whatsoever. This, I'm going to say this now. Colorado is going to win this series, but Vegas is going to get one. You think Vegas is going to get one? At least get sure, one. Sure, Colorado is going to win at 5-1. Colin yeah. has that look on his face like he disagrees. He does. I, I disagree with Kyle Bobo. Really? Jeffy, I agree with. Wow. Okay. Okay. It's going to be Colorado in five. You think five? Vegas is going to pull out game three out of their ass. It's going to be like, like a, a, a trickling over the goal line <laughs> last second like, goal. Like a bullshit call yeah, like, yeah, that screws over Colorado. Like in, to, like in game four, then game five they go out and just beat the living like eight to yeah. one or some shit. Yep. Some bullshit to say, hey, <laughs> we're going to second round. Okay, that was just a fluke. Like, yeah. like you guys aren't. You guys, right. you guys aren't taking us down. We're not going down without <laughs> yeah. a fight. Yeah. All right, and the last matchup in the West. This one I'm excited about as well. Minnesota and St. Louis. Minnesota 43-20 and five with a total 91 points. St. Louis 38-20 and 10 with 86 points. Oh my and, god! Uh, yeah, beat the series uh, six games to four. With a uh, not six games before one nothing <laughs> with a score of six to four on January first of this year, uh, St. Louis obviously won. There's two more games in St. Louis, April eighth and April sixteenth. Oh man! I, I gotta say, if it's gonna be anybody, it's gonna be an OT on game seven. Yeah. Doesn't right. matter who's gonna oh, win. It's gonna man. be it's gonna be a tough. You think tough, so? Yeah. I'm honestly gonna have to side with St. Louis because St. Louis the past few games have been on fire. This is an, another situation kind of yeah. compared to the uh, the dry saddle and McDavid. Which Jordan Bennington are yeah. we going to see? Are we going to see the 2019 Stanley Cup champion Jordan Bennington, the rookie Jordan Bennington, 
are we going to see the past two playoff years Jordan yeah. Bennington? I, and I'm why, why any cry okay. being Jordan Bennington? Yeah, I'm not going to agree with Colin. I'm going to say St. Louis takes it in six. I, I, I never said my team, though. I just said who. True. All right, I'm going to say St. Louis in six. I'm going to say Minnesota gives up a three-to-one lead, and St. Louis wins the rest. I'm going to completely disagree. I think this is going to be a cakewalk for Minnesota. Really? They, they've been yeah. on fire the second half of the season. I, I think it's going to be a cakewalk. I think they win in five, maybe six games. I was going to ask if you think I they said, sweep. Think, they're no. not going to sweep, no. They're not going to, Jordan Bennington won't let that happen. But he'll, he'll, he'll pull up one or two wins, but I don't see it going to seven. Yeah. I, I don't see Minnesota dropping that many. I... I can see them winning probably all three on home ice, dropping one of the ones in St. Louis, and then probably winning game six in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Minnesota in six. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a tough series. It I'm is. not going to call right now. Yeah. And the fact that you hot. now have Cam Talbot and Marc-Andre Fleury. Like, True. I keep forgetting Fleury's a wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you got that. Like, the 2-1 combo. It's a wild tandem. Okay. I hope you know. Moving I on. Hate right now. <laughs> all right. So, anyways, the game we're all watching right now here in the studio, or we're keeping track of, is the Dallas and Seattle game. I think Dallas, yeah, it's Dallas over. officially lost. Did three they? To one, okay. Yeah. Maybe four to one. Dallas is currently trailing Vegas by three points. Then no one by Still one. Won. Okay. Dallas is trailing by one. So if they win the next few games, they could take over Vegas in that playoff spot. So, anyways, besides Dallas. Winnipeg, Vancouver, Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago are all in the hunt. And both both Chicago and San Jose can even throw Anaheim in there are days away from being eliminated. Yeah, yeah. Especially Chicago can probably get eliminated tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. or Tuesday. Yeah, and then currently and then San San Jose by the end of the week. Yeah, and then the Arizona Coyotes and. The Seattle Kraken—they are officially yeah. eliminated. They, they yep. Seattle trails Vegas by thirty-four points. How many would they trail Colorado by then? Yeah, I don't know. Yes. 56, 58 points 58 they trail. Points. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right. Well, hey, for you, for the listeners, for the ones that we couldn't agree on, they were the what? Tr- LA and Edmonton. LA Edmonton, Toronto, Tampa, and then and the uh. <clears throat> Calgary National too, I think. What's up? Yeah. Do we disagree Calgary on Calgary National, National yeah. too? We are split. So on that out one. of yeah, so out of the Flames and Preds as game number one, L.A. and Edmonton game number two, Toronto and Tampa game number three. We want you guys to go in the comments or on Spotify, hit us up whenever, and go one, two, three, and say who wins and how many games. We'll shout you out for whoever. We'll shout you out towards after the first round if you're correct. All right, now before we wrap this you know, episode up like a condom or like a dick, uh, time to uh, release the winners of these past two episodes. So I'll have a vote from Mr. Sean Castle himself. Kyle and myself end up winning, taking these these two past two weeks or past three weeks now. It was tough, man. Like it was. It was a fight. Yeah, yeah, a tie after part one, but. Again, Sean Castle, you you are the man. Thank you for helping Kyle and I win and you know building our team was just a little bit more. I see how it is, <laughs> Mister Fucking Castle. What Thanks. are you gonna do next? Find a dead body on the fucking CSI case? I see how it is. 
I wish I had duct tape on me. So did I. I, I do my car, sadly. You saved me. <laughs> anyway, that'll do it for this week's episode of your Buckbusters podcast. Tune in next week uh, for more bullshittery or whatever you want to call it. Uh, obviously, keep an eye on TikTok, Spotify, Facebook, Twitter for you know not only our episode updates, for more stu- but for more studio updates. Obviously, we'll be asking for you know any suggestions for what you Especially want us. You, you definitely want to catch us in the off season. We're getting a lot of updates with the studio, and probably, what, probably week by week of how how it's coming to be, how it's looking. Yeah, and then like what what do we want to see? You guys want us to put in that studio, hopefully with a camera work here. You know, next season. So, otherwise, thank you guys. See y'all. Peace out. All See right. ya. Deuces.